Obtuse Leadership Podcast, episode 115. Don't beat the sheep. If you want to start reading a bizarre story, you just need to take a look at the life of Michael Vick. Michael Vick was an NFL quarterback in the early 2000s, and he was unbelievably talented, and really he was credited to changing the position of quarterback in the NFL. Vick's claim to fame was that he was wicked fast. He had a 40 time in the combine of 4.33 seconds. Uh, and he was clocked as going as fast as a 4-2-5-40. I mean, that's really, really fast, let alone for a quarterback. So Vic would be drafted number one in 2001. Vic would go on in 2006 to be the first quarterback in NFL history to run for 1,000 yards. And it just looked like he had a Hall of Fame career ahead of him. However, the very next year, in 2007, he's arrested and ends up pleading guilty to illegal dogfighting. And when the Investigation details start to emerge. Buddy, there was a public outcry at how Vic and his colleagues were treating these animals. You know, they find 75 dogs in this compound, and there's dogs severely injured. You know, they're they're limping from their wounds, uh, you know, obviously being mistreated and beaten and all the things that go into it. You know, then they find out the dogs that weren't performing well were either hung or drowned. I mean, it was a bad look, and people were ticked off. Vic would be sentenced to 23 years in prison, and he'd spend that time in Leavenworth, Kansas. You know, Vic's mistreatment of dogs ultimately ruined his career and his life. However, it is a sad fact that a lot of pastors mistreat the sheep and no one bats an eye. You know, Vic lost his career, and frankly, he lost his life. He never recovered after this. It was legal battle after legal battle in his life. Even though he got back in the NFL, it was just not the same. It was not the same. Why? Because he mistreated some dogs. A lot of pastors mistreat their people, and they never lose their career. Vic went to prison. Not a lot of pastors are going to prison for how they treat their people. Listen, church leaders, we have to be aware that the word pastor means shepherd. The word deacon means servant. And what that means is that we're called to shepherd, to guard, and serve the flock, which is Christ's church. However, a lot of pastors and church leaders can have a tendency to, quote, beat the sheep. Now, this is a term I read Bill Hybels use years ago, and, and he has some good perspective on the subject. You can research, find that material. I want to go a little bit different direction. Here's, my, here's how I want to implore you today. Do not beat the sheep. Now, when I say don't beat the sheep, obviously I'm not talking about physically attacking people within the church. None of you are doing that. I understand perhaps from time to time you might want to, but we do tend to have enough self-control not to physically attack people inside the church. So when I say don't beat the sheep, what am I talking about? Well, church leaders can have a tendency to get irritated and frustrated at the people they lead to the point that they get really angry, really jaded, and really cynical at the people in the ministry. They can be overtly critical to the people in the ministry. They can start to blame the people in their ministry for a perceived hindrance of that ministry. Now, the fact is, if you've ever been in a group of pastors, you've ever been at a gathering, a conference, what have you, you listen close enough, you're going to see this attitude in action. And frankly, if we're honest, we probably all had a little bit of this attitude in our own life from time to time. We gripe and complain about people in the church, right? We, we start to harbor internal resentment and frustration towards some of the people in the church. We speak in a disparaging tone and tenor towards some of the people in the church. We, we even speak in mockery and degrading words and attitudes towards some of the people in the church. And Jesus made it very clear in the Sermon on the Mount that a negative attitude is spiritual violence. He said, look, you've heard it said, don't commit murder. I'm telling you, don't even have anger in your heart towards your brothers. So while we might not be physically assaulting people in the church, many, many times we are spiritually, emotionally, and verbally attacking the people in the church. We are beating the sheep in a spiritual sense. Now, why do we want to do that? 
Well, there's countless reasons and a variety of degrees in which we might want to, quote, beat the sheep. And let's be honest, some of these things can be very, very irritating. You know, people coming up constantly offering suggestions that are outside the vision and the strategy that we're trying to employ at the church. There's people who come up with great ideas, but no work ethic. So they're, they're always calling us and telling us, hey, we should do X, Y, and Z. By the way, I'm too busy to do it, so why don't you go ahead and get after it, and we'll cheer you on as you do all the legwork. I know you're not really doing anything anyways, right? Like that, that type of stuff is irritating. It happens all the time. Now, we also have people that are in the church that uh, from time to time, you know, they want to shine up to, to volunteer, but then they won't show up at the meetings after we've ordered all the food, or they cancel and decline their serving opportunity on Sunday at 5 p.m. on Saturday night, and now you're going to spend the next half hour looking for someone to cover for them, and you're also inconveniencing this gracious volunteer that agrees to pick up the slack, right? That's very irritating. Sometimes church people can be overly critical of us. You know, critical of our preaching style, you know, critical of our wardrobe, critical of the glasses we chose, critical of the car we drive. I mean, people can have an opinion on everything. The list goes on and on, and you you understand why, you know, this 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 feeling of wanting to beat the sheep comes to the surface from time to time because people can be difficult. People can be difficult. Now, if we were trying to put this all into one sentence and we were trying to answer the question, why would we want to beat the sheep? The answer that we would be tempted to give would be that the sheep do not meet our expectations. This, this would be probably the answer that we would be tempted to give. I mean, think of all the reasons I, I mentioned above, right? They're all connected to our expectations for the people that we lead. We expect people to bring solutions and not just bring problems. We expect people to uphold their commitments, we expect people to act as spirit-filled Christians and produce mature spiritual fruit. And let's be honest, these are not unreasonable expectations. So what's the problem? Christ called us to lead the sheep, not beat the sheep. And here's what I think. The reality is, oftentimes, I know this would be true for me, probably true for you, oftentimes I'm actually overreacting to the sheep's unmet expectations. In other words, my frustration and my irritation is not apportioned to the failure on the part of the sheep. So if I am going to be a good under-shepherd to Christ, then I have to start being real with myself and asking myself some very tough questions. I have to ask myself, why am I so irritable towards the sheep from time to time? Why am I so jaded towards some of the people that I'm supposed to lead? Why can I not control my frustration? And here's what I think when we start asking ourselves those questions, we're going to get to a dark and painful truth. We're going to start to realize that our frustration goes deeper than unmet expectations. I think we're going to start seeing that unmet expectations are actually surface level for our frustration and irritation, that there's something deeper inside of us that's actually blowing some of this stuff out of proportion and making our response to these unmet expectations exponentially worse than what it should be. So what are some of those reasons? Let's just be real honest with ourselves. Sometimes our desire to beat the sheep is actually rooted in our own personal insecurities. So if we dig a little bit deeper in our desire of why we want to beat the sheep and why we're so frustrated at the sheep's poor actions, the truth of the matter is sometimes we're taking it personal because we think that it's a poor reflection upon us. I mean, think of some of the things that go through our minds, the questions that we ask ourselves, the mind games that we play. You know, we'll say things to ourselves like this. 
why do these sheep not listen to me? You know, do, do they like someone better than me? You know, am I not a good leader? Oh, are they thinking about quitting the ministry? Like those are, those are thoughts, questions that go through our mind when people don't meet our expectations. And so we'll, our flesh will start to take over and our solution will be to beat the sheep into submission. We try to guilt people into doing what we want them to do. And frankly, guilt is a poor leadership strategy that is really spiritual abuse in a lot of ways. So our own personal insecurities can be a reason why we want to beat the sheep. What's another deeper reason than unmet expectations? If we were honest, sometimes our desire to beat the sheep is rooted in our own personal frustrations. A lot of times we're frustrated in other areas of our life. Perhaps there's multiple areas of our life that are not going the way we want them to. And so when the sheep, quote unquote, misbehave in our ministry, they just become an easy whipping post. They're an easy target. So we say things in our own mind to try to artificially build ourselves up in our own personal frustrations. We say things in our mind like, I'm the man of God. I'm the woman of God. These sheep just don't understand spiritual authority. You know, and, and we start saying things like that. We're, we're frustrated, and so we, we're trying to compensate for frustration in other areas of our life by getting these sheep to do what we want them to do. When the truth of the matter is a lot of times we just, we're not being good leaders in the moment, and that's why people don't want to don't want to listen to us and we don't want to admit that truth to ourselves. So sometimes our desire to beat the sheep is rooted in our own personal insecurities or rooted in our own personal frustrations. There's another reason why we want to beat the sheep. Sometimes if we were honest, sometimes our desire to beat the sheep is rooted in our own personal ambition. You know, I mean, what's the, what's the truth? Sometimes we have the mindset of this. If these sheep don't perform, and do what I need them to do for me, then I'm not going to get a bigger ministry. You know, we'll, we'll show up on a Sunday morning, and the guitar player obviously didn't practice, and we'll say things in our own mind like, man, I wanted this worship set to sound perfect, but this guitar player didn't practice, and, and now we're not going to be able to wow the guests that come in, and the pastor's going to be mad at me because it sounded terrible. You, you see what I'm saying? It's our own personal ambition. You know, we're going into a big event. We put a lot of time into it. We don't want to do it, you know, for no reason. We want record crowd. So we say things in our own mind, if we want to admit it or not, a lot of times we're like, these sheep don't invite their friends and we're not going to set a new attendance record and then it's going to be embarrassing and it's a poor reflection on me. It, what is all this stuff? It is our own personal ambition. So our personal insecurities, frustrations, and ambitions is why we get so overtly frustrated when the sheep don't meet our expectations. And here's the danger in all this. I can cover up all three of these poor leadership qualities by claiming I'm doing the work of the Lord. You know, I, I, we're doing the work of the Lord. I mean, we're trying to reach kids. We're trying to fulfill the Great Commission. You know, we, we need all this to happen. And we're really just lying to ourselves. We're really lying to ourselves. So how do we start to rein this stuff in? How do we rein in our own personal insecurities, frustrations, and ambitions? Well, we need to remember our true calling. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1-4 through four say this, So I exhort the leaders among you. He really uses the word elders. I, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that's among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, 
as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. This is a passage that needs to be a a constant reminder to us, and we need to chew on it. We need to contemplate on it, particularly in the seasons where we start feeling frustrated towards the sheep in our charge. You can tell from the undertone of this passage that, that leading sheep can be frustrating from time to time and that the church leader needs to be on guard to their own personal frustrations. You know, Paul, or excuse me, Peter as a elder himself is, is, is giving some reminders to the other elders and, and he's, he's gently kind of guiding them and saying, hey, listen, think about how you're leading the people. Think about how you're treating their people. And he's giving some reminders that all of us need to remember. What are, what are some reminders that he gives us in this, in this passage? Well, he tells us this, church leaders need to remember that we are under shepherds to the great shepherd. Like he's saying, listen, there's a chief shepherd that's going to appear someday. We're the shepherd, but we're just under shepherds. The chief shepherd is going to appear someday. So these sheep do not belong to us. No matter how hard we work for the church, it's not our church. No matter how hard we work for these people, they're not our people. No matter how much time we invest, they are not ours. We did not purchase them. Christ did by his own blood. This is Jesus's flock, not ours. So when we start to get frustrated, we need to ask ourselves the honest question. Would Jesus beat the sheep for this? Whatever this is, whatever unmet expectation that they, that they perform, would Jesus beat the sheep for this? Or if you want to really bring it close to home, is this how you'd want your son or daughter to be treated by their pastor if they did that? Man, that, that's a challenging question. Would we want our wives, our husbands, our kids to be treated the way that we're tempted to treat the sheep in our care? You know, now this passage gives us permission for oversight. This means we need to have standards. We need to have expectations. And from time to time, we need to give correction to the sheep. But the key of this oversight is to be in a non-domineering manner. You know, we're, we're, to, we're to exercise oversight, but not in a domineering manner. So we cannot under-shepherd the flock and dislike the sheep. We have to have a tender heart towards the sheep, loving the sheep, dying for the sheep. We, need to always, we always need to see the sheep's needs and best interests ahead of our own desires and ambitions. And I think this is where a lot of modern pastors are getting into the weeds, is that they're losing the tenderness towards the sheep. You know, are we willing to die for the sheep, die to our ambitions, our frustrations, our insecurities for the sake of Christ's flock? There's another reminder that Peter gives us in here. Church leaders need to remember to check their own culpability. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes people are not responding to our leadership because we are not leading well. You know, it's not that people don't care about the kids, and that's why they're not showing up to your meeting. They're not showing up to the meeting because we gave three days notice and they had other commitments. We were not prepared enough to give people enough of a notice to show up to our meeting. You know, it's not that people aren't serving wholeheartedly because they don't care. Is they're not serving wholeheartedly because they've never seen us set the pace of serving wholeheartedly. It's not that people are underperforming and not trying to give excellence. They just don't have the tools and the resources they need to give excellence. So a lot of times our own frustrations 
there's a culpability in our own lives that are actually adding to this. So before we get angry with the sheep, we need to make sure that we're correcting our own culpabilities and these unmet expectations. There's another reminder in here that Peter gives us. Church leaders need to remember that our primary calling is to be an example. You know what's interesting every time we start talking about pastoral ministry from a biblical context? It's not about results. It's about faithfulness. What do we be faithful to? To be an example. You'll notice that in this passage that we just read that really the only action step in here is for pastors to be an example. And there's this attitude that I think we've gotten an error of as of late when it comes to pastoral ministry that we say, my job is to equip the saints of the work of the ministry. It's the saints' jobs to actually work. And that is true. We all know uh, in Ephesians, that's what uh, leaders are called to do within the church, equip the saints of the work of the ministry. But the question we need to ask ourselves is how do we actually equip the saints? By setting an example. that People learn by watching and observing. So if they aren't seeing their pastor do the things that we're asking them to do, then they're not going to mimic it. You know, a lot of times action and attitude reflects leadership, and we don't want to admit that to ourselves. You know, we want people to give 110%. We better give 110%. We want people to have enthusiasm. We better have enthusiasm. We want people witnessing. We better be witnessing and discipling. We want people to invite others to church. We better be inviting people to church. We set the tone and the pace. And I think a lot of pastors mistake church work, the paperwork, the busyness of church life for actually doing ministry. And so the flock doesn't actually see what they need to be doing. You know, you think about all the things that we do as pastors. There's a lot of things that the, the, the flock is never going to see and it's not what we're even asking them to do. So we need to make sure that we're carving out time to actually be setting the example for the sheep. Church leaders also need to remember another thing. Church leaders need to remember that they cannot lead every flock the same way. And sometimes there's just certain flocks that they cannot lead. Now, this is going to be unpopular to say, but there's a lot of truth to this. You know, and, and you can refer back to our, our, our podcast on leadership flow. There are just certain people that you're not going to be able to lead. You're like oil and water. You know, and, and sometimes we fight and we work so hard to try to lead one or two people that are never going to respond to our leadership. Uh, and the whole time we're missing 10 over here that would respond to us if we just led them. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, every living thing on the earth has a free will and a mind of its own, including the people in our church, including the people in your ministry. And so uh, I think God gives us grace to lead certain people, but he doesn't give us grace to lead others. And so we need to be honest with ourselves with that. And we need to make sure that we're trying to lead people that are actually listening to us can hear our voice. You know, at the end of the day, we always need to remember that this is Jesus's flock and our perspectives have to be right. And I think when our perspectives are right on all this, we're going to be less frustrated and irritated with the people we lead. You know, the great shepherd needs to be leading us. He needs to be refining us. He needs to be teaching us. He needs to be coaching us. He needs to be pruning our hearts. And when we allow the great shepherd to lead us, then we're going to be less tempted to beat the sheep and we are going to be better under shepherds ourselves. I love you guys. We'll catch you next week.